0: Okay. (laughs) So, United States and Europe and other countries for 20 years are in Afghanistan, and they uh, spend over two trillion dollars there. Two trillion dollars are there. They're there, and they leave, and they didn't just spend so much money they didn't just send soldiers they also like tried to create a whole culture there was teachers and educators and trying to build up Afghanistan and they left and within a week the whole country has been taken over by the Tal- Taliban as if nothing happened or as some say it's, it's far worse so everything that we see in our lives and we hear is a message from God and question is what message are we supposed to take for ourselves from what we just what we just saw it seems like what America did and the, and the European Union they blew up a balloon and then all of a sudden it all it all just like it all disappears so one thing that just glaring thing is that when someone does something for you and you don't do it yourself doesn't matter how much you expend how much they do for you, but it doesn't. It's the moment they stop, it just just it just everything stop. If the, if it's not your own thing, the moment the system stops, it stops. So in a similar way, as we approach Shoshana it's time to ask ourselves, who am I, and who can I be? So the midst of the day of Shoshana is the chauffeur, and we're going to see how this this chauffeur. Ha- tells us a lot about who the Jewish people are and who each of us is. The chauffeur is something that we didn't—we don't just do. We don't just, you know, get it over with. It's something that our grandparents and great grandparents get their lives for. And I'm saying, talking about all of us here. Some of our great grandparents are from Morocco. Some of our great grandparents are from Spain, from Iran, from Europe, from Poland, from Russia, and we're talking about Treblinka and Auschwitz and talking about uh, during the time of the Inquisition, people really gave their lives, literally, risked their lives and gave their lives in order to cure the shofar. So what is the shofar trying to create inside of us? What is it trying to give us? So let's talk about something on the physical level and from the physical we'll be able to go further into the spiritual dimension of what the shofar means. There's an argument in the Talmud about the shape of the shofar. There's one opinion that a shofar is kosher if it's straight. The straight horn is also kosher. There, and there's another opinion the a shofar has to be, like this shofar, has to be a crooked shofar, specifically crooked. And Maimonides says if it's not crooked, it's not kosher. In the code of Jewish law, it says that you have to try to get a crooked shofar, but if you can't get a crooked one, you're able to use a straight one also the so question obviously do is huh? doesn't matter what size okay. the question is are what we, is, is, is there, are they longer? and they just cut all the pieces in different chauffeurs? no 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 the <laughs> question is wh- what does it tell us what are we supposed to learn from this what does God care if we have a crooked chauffeur, we have a straight shofar in, in Judaism every detail has a lot of depth there was this, there's a website called askmoses.com by Chabad of California and people are there 24 seven answer 24 six answering <laughs> questions uh more people all over the world and there's one guy he sent an email to maskmoses.com and yes he asked, he asked an interesting question yes question we all ask why is it so important that the Tefillin have this shape why is it so important that the tzitzit are this amount of strings not that amount of strings eight strings not seven why does everything have to be so precise you sent this email, no response. Send a second email, no response. You sent a third email, and this time he writes to them, Listen guys, I just want you to say to, to acknowledge that I've sent you this email. If you don't know the answer, you could say you don't know the answer. But it's not it's not okay for you just to ignore me just because you don't know the answer. It's not it's not, it's not normal. I sent you th- this is my third email. So he gets an answer. Uh, sir, thank you for your email, I just got your email. The answer to your question is actually in your question in your question itself there's the answer to your question. See the reason I didn't respond to your email was because I never received the first two emails because the first two emails were sent missing a dot <laughs> they missing the address that you sent was missing a dot so you could you see that there, something could be very very uh almost right, and the message does not arrive so there is great depth in everything Hashem tells us to do, and it may seem to us like what's the difference, but it has a message for us. Today is actually the day that God made the world. 5,782 years ago. Thank you very much. It's a great, great day, right? Today's the day God made the world. It right? the should be a year for all of us, a year of bracha and atzlacha and simcha, a year of Plow but wonders and everything. The simcha to with goodness and gladness of heart, Amen. all those need a bracha for, for shemekreva, bracha for shidduch, bracha Nasa. Amen. And the main bracha we all need is there should be peace in the whole world. The coming Mashiach, l'chayim. Amen. The first thing God said we made the world was anybody know? Let there, be light. let there be light. There were no creatures yet that existed to enjoy God's light. God still said let there be light. That's the dream. That's where, we're, why we're here. We're here because of God's dream. God why wants. The, the, answer from the, website? That was, the answer was, we didn't get your email because it was missing a dot. And that's the answer to your question. You see, if it's missing just a dot, ah, okay. it doesn't reach, doesn't impact. We're going to see in the shofar also how this light shape of the shofar has deep meaning for each of us. So, so why is Rosh Hashanah not today? If today's the day God made the world, today's the day God gave us his dream to make light to the world, to bring the Geulah, to bring Mashiach, how come today is not Rosh Hashanah? The answer is, is that man, man wasn't here yet. It's all about the creation of man. man if, if we were to think for ourselves for a moment, try to picture the world without man, you know, just the world with just trees and animals, it's a whole different world. Man is what brings meaning to the world. And that's why God uh, assigned the day that he created man to be the day of Rosh Hashanah. And there's something different about the way God made man the way God made all their creatures. By all their creatures, God said, let it be and it be, and it was. Let there be light and there was light. Let there be animals and there was animals. By man, it was different. First, God made one part of his persona. God first formed his body from the earth. And then later, the Torah says, God blew into his nostrils a spirit of life. There's two different parts of the persona. There's the animal part of the persona, is the physical. And then there is the soul, the neshama, the spiritual, and we see in ourselves. Oh, We see in ourselves this. Uh, it's, it's from taim. It's 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 a very taim, as they say. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So, okay. So we feel in ourselves all the time. We feel these two voices. We feel two voices in our head, right? We feel the voice of our godly soul. We often we feel the voice of the, our ego. And there's a, there's friction between these two voices in ourselves. We feel this 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 um, challenge. There are some people, tzaddikim, holy people. They are uh, they're pure. They don't feel a friction between two parts of their persona. They're just holy and pure and wholesome. There's no crookedness in them. There's no there's no uh, division. There's no schism. There's no fragmentation. There's wholesome, like like children, tzaddikim, holy righteous people. So the difference between the two voices of the uh, godly soul and the animal soul and the schism and the the friction and the fragmentation that that creates is the point of the crooked, is the reason why God gave us a crooked chauffeur. There's a difference between God saying, let there be light and let there be a sky and let there be animals to God blowing into us a spirit of life. Just like there is in ourselves, there's a difference between speaking and there is, and blowing. When you speak, you could speak and speak and speak, and you could not even know what you're saying, you just keep on talking, and just have like, as maybe some of us did when we did Mincha, you know, you just said these words, you said them before, you say them again. By the way, a very good thing to do, if you wanna pay attention to the words, uh, is to put your finger on the place. i told to some people, if you have problem concentrating, put your finger on the on Sidor, it really helps me a lot. Anyways, so, um, so it's possible to speak, but not to be there. But blowing, when you try to blow a balloon, if your children ask to blow a balloon, you, or blow a chauffeur for five, ten minutes, you could do it, and then you have to stop. Have to stop because when you blow, you're bringing out your deepest energy. So, the idea of blowing the chauffeur means expressing who you are and what you're about, which is your deepest self, your connection to God. That's what the chauffeur is. So, there are some people who are very in tune with their nishama, their embodied the animal souls, not something that, that, that takes center stage for them. But most of us, almost all of us, we have this, they have this friction. And that's the message of the crooked chauffeur. There's a difference between, let's just underscore this a little bit, highlight the difference between speaking and, and blowing. If you love someone, right, you love them a lot, you tell them how much you love them, I love you, I love you so much, right? That's, that's great, that's wonderful, you express your feelings. But let's say you see a friend you haven't seen in a year. You see someone you haven't seen in a year, well, you know what you say? Ah, wow. You can't, you can't you can't say words anymore because it's beyond words or or a a supposed to say but the bracha can't say the first second because like Whoa! but similarly also if you get angry chas at someone get very angry so so the first uh, the, 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 there are different words in different languages for uh, which are not words like in farsi we have this word you uh, know what I'm saying so. <laughs> 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 so, so it, it, it's beyond the word if you're really really angry you can't say it in words because it's something which comes from, from your, your very core so the idea of blowing the crooked chauffeur is the power that God gave us to contend with the crookedness in ourselves, to contend with the voice that of our animal soul and to go beyond the limitations of our character and the animal within us and to listen instead and to go for our Nishama to, to, to rise above that friction. Some people, they're very like square-like. They, they, they always do things a certain way and it's very hard for them to change. Like this guy, he was very particular about what seat he got in the airplane and he bought a seat, uh, 6C, because he wanted an aisle seat. So he made sure to get 6C, the seat that he wanted, and he, and he called up the, the airlines every month for six months, make sure that you know he got the seat that he wants, because he wants an aisle seat, only an aisle seat. And he, he's coming to his, his grandson's birthday, and he arrives in the airport, and they greet him. He's angry. He's so upset. Why are you so angry? I ordered this ticket six months ago. I wanted an aisle seat, and they gave me a middle seat. A middle seat. Well, you know, if you cared about it so much, grandfather, Zayda Sabo, why did not you just tell the guy next to you how much you cared about it? Give him some money and switch seats with him. You think I didn't think about that? You think I didn't? When they gave me six B, you know that was the first thing I thought about. They gave me six B. I'll switch. I'll switch to the guy next to me. You know what happened? There was no one sitting next to me. (laughs) So there are. That's someone who is who is uh, very very square and stuck in living their life in a certain way. And the Torah gives us a great blessing. The Torah gives us a great blessing when we're able to go beyond our crookedness, go beyond our nature go beyond our limitation, go beyond our animal soul and the bracha is it's a very important blessing as we approach the new year it says anyone who goes, rises above their character God takes away any decree against them, this is the secret to having a good year, to going, going beyond your nature, the Talmud says a story about Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Akiva was asked by the Jewish people in his time to pray for rain and so was another sage named Rabbi Eliezer, but they asked Eliezer first. Eliezer said, "I think twenty-four prayers, and he fasted for six days. It's so many things that God should finally bring rain. Nothing happened." Rabbi Akiva says, "One prayer and says boom bah, <laughs> rain comes." So was like, mm, "This rabbi, the first rabbi, mm-mm, something wrong with him." The first, second rabbi, he's got it. So, so they they went over to Rabbi Akiva, and. Bottom line was that they discovered it wasn't that the second rabbi was greater than the first rabbi. He had a different quality, something different about it. it wasn't he was better or worse? He had something different. What was his quality? His quality was he went against the grain. He went against his character. Who was Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva, we all know, he was. His parents were converts. He was a shepherd, and he hated religious people. He said, "If when I wasn't before I became religious, I was. I, if you would give me a a a Talmud Chacham, someone who was." Uh, uh, wise in Torah, I would bite him like a donkey. That's what you said. Yeah. That's the Reikiva. And this Reikiva, at the age of 40 years old, he had to join pre 1a to learn how to read Hebrew al- the Hebrew alphabet. Imagine he's 40 years old and he didn't want to do it and his wife pushed him and he became the greatest sage of Israel. But more important than his scholarship is that he went against his character. He went against his nature. And that's why the Torah says that God answered his. his uh, prayers and this is the secret of marriage There's a secret also of educating our children your, your your wife your husband your children they could love things that you don't love they could be afraid of things that you're not afraid of they could worry about things that you're not worried about and we have to ask ourselves am I able to understand them am I able to uh, to hear them am I able to feel them I just heard yesterday great uh, great uh, expression of what love is about. Love is about when everyone has their song. Loving someone means if you ha- someone loves you, they're able to remind you of your song when you forget it. So there was, there was a woman named Yocheved Bronstein. It's a true story. You're not going to believe the story, but it's a true story. In fact, not only is this story true, I know another story which is similar to this story about someone else the same similar experience happened to. Yocheved Bronstein was in camp. In the, in the Catskills in New York there are a lot of summer camps she was 12 years old and a lot of these summer camps have visiting day one day all the parents come and the grandparents come and they come to see their kid in an overnight camp so Yocheva Bronstein her parents and grandparents her siblings come to see her in a camp and her father's name is Robbie Robbie Bronstein and he comes with his, with his father they're walking in the camp and they see another elderly man and Yocheva's grandfather waves hello to the other man so Robbie's like, whoa, you know that guy? He says, Yeah. That guy is, was my best friend, and I haven't seen him in decades and decades. So that's all you're gonna do. Why, why don't you go say hello to him, your best friend? Go sit down and talk to him. You haven't seen him in years. Are kidding? Like 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 and you knew him from Europe you're like back in the day, like you should say hello to this guy. What he said, no, I don't want to I don't want to say hello to him. You don't want to say hello to him, just he says, I'll tell you why, my son. I, I, I never told you a story before, but I'm going to tell you a story because this story could be for you your GPS in your life. Your GPS to know how to, how to contend with challenges. And therefore I'm going to tell you the story I never told you before. Is Me and this man grew up in Romania. And my father, as soon as the Nazis came, my father knew what was going to happen. He, he had this premonition of what was going to happen. And he, right away, put all of his money in getting visas for us. He got visas for the whole family. And I, naively, told my friend about the visas that our family got. He says, really? You got visas? Where would you put them? And I told him, we in our house. You know, we put them away somewhere. No one can make sure it's safe and no one can get them because you know they're very precious things. Okay. Came the day we're supposed to leave. And my father goes to his hiding place. No way. The visas aren't there. Wow. I was so angry. I ran. I knew exactly who took them. I ran to my friend's house. And the, f- the house was empty. Asked the neighbors what happened to this family, neighbors said, "They just la- they they left. They're gone already." So I knew exactly what happened to those visas. So my my so this man's son Robbie, he said, "So what, we should go with that guy. We should to beat him up. <laughs> so we, should, we should slap that guy. You gonna let him go like that?" He said, "My son, listen. I wanna tell you something. At first, when this happened to me, I was burning with rage. I was so angry. I had enough. It's really really hard to to let go of." and to forgive and it could have ruined my whole life it could have made me full of hatred and anger and for my whole life but you know what I decided I decided that I don't want to live like this it's my son Robbie he says my son how do you know me am I an angry person am I a hateful person he said dad you're the opposite you're always happy and smiling he says you know why I am I am because I let go I let go of that moment of anger and hatred and I let go of it and that's how I became who I am is because of what I did, because of what I did, because I let go, because I for, because I forgave him. That's why I became who I am. That's what the Talmud tells us. Anyone who goes against their grain, against their character, that God God takes away any decree against them. They were able to get a visa again. All of his family died, wow, except shit. for him, and still uh, forgave that. Wow. And he, an animal can't do this. An animal has its wow. ego and it can't change. There was, you can Google this, is a crazy story. It's crazy. There's a guy named Marcus who grew up with this old shepherd and the shepherd, one day he, Marcus wakes up, the shepherd is gone and Marcus is alone with the sheep. True story, you can Google it, crazy story. He lives, these wolves come to attack the sheep and they adopt Marcus, seven years old. They adopt him, he lives with the wolves. For years, for 12 years, he lived with the wolves. When they found him, he didn't know how to speak. He didn't want to leave his friends. It was very hard for him to leave his friends, the wolves. They took care of him, and he wanted to, to, to stay with them. And it was very hard for him to change and to learn how to speak and everything. He, he forgot everything. So, um, we have also, um, not only people that we know, uh, they say any person can be inspired. The only person that can't be inspired is a town preacher. Why? Because the town preacher, whenever he hears something, So, like, oh, I know who to tell this to. <laughs> <laughs> this is our own story, my what friends. What happened with this uh, guy that think Marcus, Marcus, Marcus? It's Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> this is not just Marcus's story. This is my story and yours too. We also have our own wolf. We have our animal soul. And it's it's hard for us to, to pull ourselves away from the animal. And that's, we can forget the voice of the chauffeur. The voice of the chauffeur is the voice of... I have this tension, I have this friction, I have this challenge, and I have this crookedness in me, but I am able, I have this power in myself, this tremendous power to go beyond my nature and to do what Hashem wants me to do. The the Rebbe Rasha, the fifth Rebbe of Chabad, used to say, he said, what's the difference between a poor person and a rich person? Poor people have good days and rich people have bad days. Meet people, they say, what happened to you today? I lost four million dollars. It happens, right? They have a lot more left, but a poor person... Some he gets $10, $10, $20 donation, $100, $1,000 $1, $1 donation. He has great days. And he goes home and he dances with his family. He got $1,000 $1 today. What's the difference between the poor person and the rich person? The poor person, the rich person, even when he loses, he feels, I'm a rich guy. The poor person, even when he makes lots of money, he feels, I'm a poor man. Every Jew that ever has said, every Jew has to know that he's rich. And we have to know that we have a part of us, inside of us, a godly neshama. We have this tremendous power. And our, our, the challenge we have, Hashem gave us, is to be able to go out of where who where we are and to understand another person. I see this as a six, so you tell me it's a nine, you're looking at it from the other, other direction. We have in ourselves an inner child and so does everybody else. It's um, very easy to you know to pride yourself on what you've accomplished and, and to measure yourself against other people and say, oh, they're not, 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 not the way that I am. But do you really understand where the other person is and what challenges they have so the Torah tells us even more than what I said before not only does the Torah say to us that if you overcome your character you go against your nature God takes away decrees against you it says more the Talmud says God takes away all your mistakes all your mistakes are erased when you go against your character and you forgive another person and you don't what? could be many things I could eat kosher hamburgers. That are not kosher hamburgers. I could put on tefillin. If I didn't put on tefillin, to go against your character may be that you're real wearing the hat and the jacket and everything. But you haven't gone against your nature. When someone steps on your toes, <laughs> then then it, then you have to go against your nature to to, to forgive them. The Torah says the Baal Shem Tov says, God is says in the God is your shadow. God's your shadow. What does it mean? God is your, God is your shadow. Just like you go against your nature and you forgive and you overlook and you under, try to understand your spouse, try to understand your children, where they are, so that the, God does the same thing. This is the secret for a new year and this is something which could really open up horizons for us of where we're able to be. If, we, if it opens up your brain, it opens up, opens up your heart, it stretches out you know, your horizons about who you are, what you are, when you're able to let go of, of things that people that have stepped on you and hurt you, and you're able to, to let go and rise above that, it opens up new horizons. It brings out in yourself, it opens up new neural pathways in your mind and your heart. And this is the secret of, of a new year. I want to conclude with one more story. There was a, uh, an argument between two institutions, two Jewish institutions in Kvar Chabad in Israel. And they, they came to, to the Rebbe that the Rebbe should solve their problem. And the Rebbe sent one of his Hasidim, his name is Tuvia Pellas. Tuvia Pallas should go and, and educate this dispute. He didn't want to tell the Rebbe, But he couldn't do anything. These two institutions, you know, the the hardest argument is when everyone's self-righteous. That's the hardest, hardest one, you know. Mm -hmm. So he goes back to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe's like, "No, he didn't want to tell the Rebbe." But the Rebbe, right away, real, real, so he he told the Rebbe, "He can't do anything." The Rebbe said, "I want you to go back and tell them the following." So when God made the world, He made Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve made a mistake. Because their mistake something changed. Before God's presence was re- he- revealed, we could see God in this world after the eighth tree of knowledge we could no longer see God in this world. God's presence so to speak departed. Then God married us again. He gave us the Torah God revealed. That when God gave us the Torah there was a no- new marriage. God's presence re- was revealed in the world. We could see him. We could hear him. It was a total revelation. Now, if it was our mistake that he left who should be the responsible party to fix things? Us. But who is the one who came down to Mount Sinai first? Did we go up to him or did he go down to us? He came down first. He came down first. So the Rebbe said two things. Number one, you should tell them that only that you think when you go down and you lower yourself, you think that you're lowering, you're, you think, oh, this, I'm making this person bigger than myself. On the contrary, who is the one who's able to go down? It's the bigger one. You see, in the dispute of children and the siblings, who do you ask to forgive the other or to let go? No to get their, the older one, the bigger one, you ask the bigger one to he should he should end the dispute. So, first of all, that said only the bigger person could do it, and second of all, the second of all, deeper, 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 deeper. By by giving by go making the first move, you become the bigger person. Exactly. You know that? Yeah. yeah. That's be how you. Th- that's. Be smart. Don't be right. Oh. Oh. Adults have a very big problem. Adults are different than children. Children would rather be happy than be right. Adults rather be right than be happy.: Exactly So the power of a child, the power of Hashem gives us this, this, the power of the, of the crooked chauffeur, the power of the slanted chauffeur, that the crooked chauffeur is Hashem gives us the power to go beyond our nature, beyond our box, beyond our limitations. And this is a special gift that She gives us this time of the year when the king is in the field, right before Shoshana, Shana, the king is in the palace. But now last days of the year, last five days of the year, Sheng gives us a special opportunity. The king is in the field. He greets everyone with a beautiful smiling face. And we have this great opportunity. Some people, this lady, she, she never answers any, any blocked calls. Never answers any blocked calls. Never, never, never. But she got this call again and again. Her whole family knows, I do not answer blocked calls. Any call, private number, it's probably a scam, whatever. She finally took the call. We're trying to find you. It's been a month and a half we're looking for you. One you won one, it's a true story. You won a million and a half dollars. So, wow. so Hashem, not always do you know what you're getting into. You don't always know what you're getting into. You don't always see. Like, when I tell you the king is in the field, right? You don't, we don't know what we're getting into. We tell you, talk to Hashem. It's a special time. You let go and, 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 and reconcile with your children, with your spouse. It sounds like a blocked call because you don't see the magic of it, right? But Hashem tells us at this time of the year, we've got to let go. We've got to try to understand the people in our life. We've got to... Blow the shofar, which means to reveal our power, to rise above the crookedness in ourselves, and to reveal our deep bond with Hashem. That's Hashem should blow the shofar right now, and we should all hear it. The the Chaim should have shana for all of us. All of us, all of us.